This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. And we're going to jump right in here in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to encourage you to go to sponsorapastor.org if you haven't checked that out yet. It's one of the best ways for you to be able to financially support Practical Shepherding if you would like to do that, if you've been helped by the podcast and just other ways we serve you you and other pastors as a ministry. Feel free to go there. You can uh, You can support us. Your church can. Uh, but we would appreciate any help you can give around those things. And there's a video there also, as well as the website, which is practicalshepherding.com. You can check out all of our resources and learn more about the ministry through going just going to our website is the best way to do that. We want to continue a conversation we actually started on the previous episode. So if you're listening to this, you might want to go back and listen to the first the episode last week where we talked about deacons. We talked about the qualifications and the roles of deacons. We had a good conversation around that, but we want to continue this conversation. And Jim, one of the reasons we want to continue this conversation is what we talked about with qualifications and roles, uh, that's pretty clear in the New Testament uh, that there are these qualifications and that there's there's roles. But organically, how does that work itself out in a local church? And that's something that I've noticed a lot of a lot of pastors don't necessarily know how to lead a church in. So we do want to have this conversation about how pastors and, and deacons are able to to work together. But before we jump into all that, will you just, again, set this up for us just from a biblical perspective? Yeah, I think it's interesting, Brian, that in the three major passages in which deacons are addressed, with the possible exception of Romans chapter 16, so you have Acts 6, you have Philippians 1.1, which is very brief, and then you have 1 Timothy chapter 3. Each of these instances have the two working together. Uh, so it's it's pastors or it, it's spiritual leadership. So in the what we believe is the origin or the creation of the office of deacon, Acts chapter 6, the, uh, the apostles, the 12, uh, have been... Uh, not only teaching and preaching, but serving, overseeing the benevolence ministry uh, of the church. And and we're told that there was this dispute that arose in verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. And I should have gone back to verse 2, where the statement is, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. And what they, they were serving tables, yeah, right. but again, it was interfering with what they saw as their primary responsibility to feed the sheep, and, and that was a, a, a spiritual feeding and tending and, and, and care and oversight. And so it, it is in association with that ministry so that pastors, in a sense, would be freed to do their work and not be distracted by a very good work that is part of the calling of the church, uh, that this was brought together. And then, uh, as we mentioned last time, Philippians 1, uh, Paul is writing to the church of Philippi. He gives greetings to the church, to the overseers, and to the deacons. Again, they are, they are they're put together. First uh, Timothy chapter three, which culminates with Paul's statement that he writes these things in case he is delayed, so that Timothy might know how people ought to behave in the church, which is the house of God, the pillar and ground of the truth, etc. He lays out the qualifications for elders, and then closely associated with that, deacon, deacons likewise. And so these are the offices of the church. These are the two offices of the church that we believe by the Spirit Christ has given to the church 
but they're always they're they're put together. When you have deacons, you have elders, and though not every time you have elders, you have deacons. But every time you have deacons, you have elders, and that there is a close association and a work association with the two of them to uh, together do this ministry of the church. So there is a togetherness. Uh, I think that I just would want to emphasize that I think you see in these three passages. Yeah, that's good. I want to add two things again, and add something that we said before, just for just not wanting to assume anything. When we use the terminology of pastor, elder, it's the same office. First Timothy three even talks about the overseer, same office. Right. So, pastor, elder, overseer is the role of, of a pastor, uh, distinguished from the role of a, of a deacon. So, we want to be able to highlight that again, so that's not confusing for anyone. But here's something else that's important, Jim, I think, as we start to have conversation around how do pastors and deacons work together. There's the way to understand the role of a deacon, I found, is it takes shape as you look at the passages that are pretty significant and in abundance on how the New Testament describes what pastors and elders do. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the one that, you know, when you read the New Testament, there's not a ton of description about deacons and things like the Acts 6 passage is helpful. And some of the, you mentioned a lot of the, the that they work together in those particular passages, but you take passages like First Peter five, you've got Acts twenty, mm-hmm. you even Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Mm-hmm. These passages are so clear about what pastors do. I think it helps distinguish what then deacons are supposed to do because, as we talked about in the previous episode. There's a lot of deacons that are playing pseudo-elder roles in their church out of a lack of just pastoral leadership in the church. So we, we need to be able to highlight that there is a clear description and even the functionality of pastors. Peter says the pastors are to shepherd the flock of God that is among the right. others. And in the you got the the Acts passages where take heed to yourself and, and to all the flock. I mean, so there's clear descriptions yeah. of that. I also want to highlight just before we move on Hebrews thirteen seventeen. It, I think is a, a really important passage to describe what pastors do, and it says to it tell it says to obey your leaders, submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls right. as those who will give an account. Now it says the leaders there, and so I think the way to understand the leaders there are definitely pastors, even though that's not the word used. Mm-hmm. Is ten verses before that in verse seven, it says. Uh, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of right. God to you. Consider the outcome of their conduct and imitate their faith. That is describing what Peter and others are talking about with a pastor. So yeah. those are pastors in verse 7. And then verse 17, soon after that, says, so do this with your leaders. I believe completely that's talking about the pastors there. So the point is, when pastors are given the distinction of of shepherding the flock caring for souls, ministering the word, prayer, then that helps shape what actually deacons are supposed to be doing, even though servants is kind of the only description that's really given to deacons you know, in the New Testament. Do you you want to add anything to that, that Jim, that distinction I just made? Uh, and again, I think, Brian, this is, I agree with you, and I think it is, it's it's crucial that this not be seen again. We mentioned this in the previous podcast. It's not a, this is not an issue of a power play. Right. You know, the elders and deacons jostling together for the authority of the church. That, that issue is established in the scriptures. And as those who are elders, you know, we have to guard this carefully. We, you know, that that there is both real leadership. There is a functional real leadership given to the, given to pastors that they have to embrace, and that the church is to recognize and 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 embrace. And uh, there is um, 
a, a persuasion that the elders are to have because of their godliness and servanthood and because of the high esteem for what they do. They speak the word of God. They pray for you. They care for you. Uh, they love you and serve you uh, in this way. Uh, but that those are given to that office in a way it's not given to the diaconate. And so you you have had, uh, you know, historically, and particularly in Baptist churches, and, and maybe this way in others as well, we're just not as, as these are our circles, you know, that we have been in. And, and um, where, where you have, it is assumed that the deacons have a leadership position. They do not have a leadership position. And, and though sometimes we refer to them as leader, you know, the pastors and deacons are the leaders of the church. Really, they're the offices of the church. And the elders are given the position of, of you know, by and, you know, the rule of Christ and through the word and spirit, uh, a leadership position that the deacons are not given. That's clearly established in scripture. However, and this is what we have to be careful with this is is that there you know that does not mean therefore the deacons are to be disregarded they are to be men according to uh, acts 6 uh, full of wisdom and of the holy spirit they're qualified men and the scriptures tell us in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that those who have served well as deacons receive a great reward and and have a bold confidence and faith and so these right. are people that that though we we are going to talk about this, we work together for the good of the flock. That we are laboring together, each in our own way, uh, for the happiness and the holiness and the harmony and, and well-being of the congregation. Pastors who have come to understand and teach well and to lead their deacons well uh, in this, um, where on the one hand, where you have deacons who are usurping a role that is not theirs. It's possible that in another situation that the elders could view their job as so important that they diminish what a deacon does and they lessen what a deacon does in many ways, you know, publicly or privately and, and ignore them and letting them do the work while we do the far more important yeah. job of taking care of souls and praying and doing the ministry of the word. And so I think that that can lead to a disruption of relationship just as much mm-hmm. as the uh, a deacons wanting to usurp leadership can. Yeah, and I think this is why this is such an important conversation to have and why we want to have it today is because we would both agree that God's design for the local church is that there be pastors and deacons. Yep. Who understand who are have qualified individuals in those places and they understand their role and they happily play their role and support each other in that role. Yeah. And we want to, that's the, that's the design we would both affirm. And that's what we're talking out of today. I want to highlight that first because what happens in so many churches, and I want to emphasize this, so many churches, I believe, do not thrive because in some way they're not functioning in that design. So I, I inherited a church that had solo pastor, multiple deacons who were pseudo elders who didn't qualify to be elders in the church. And that would you, was a, would you use the term? I mean, like not pseudo elders, but, but just, I mean, they were just they were leaders. I mean, they didn't function pastorally so much as they just did. They just took over everything. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I mean yeah. by pseudo elders. Yeah. Like they, they had the position of elder, but were not functioning okay. in it. Didn't qualify for it, and yeah. which which was a disaster. But you don't mean by that that they tried to teach and preach and 
do spiritual no, care. No, it's but a you good. Just mean they it's were, a good qualification. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's, the, that's the difference. They well, let's put it this way: a lot when I use that term pseudo elder, a lot of these churches they want the authority right. that comes with it. Right, but right. they're exactly. not at all trying to exactly. shepherd or teach. That, right, so yeah. they wanted authority, not functionality. Correct. Right. So the but I also know churches that are that are, go this other, and I see this in a lot of actually church plants. This has been interesting to see more and more church plants that really work hard to get elders right. Really yeah. work hard to get pastoral leadership right, and they actually don't have deacons, and yeah. so so and that again that's where they're coming from. That's okay, and I'm but I see church plants three, four, five years in uh, starting to realize, man, I, we need deacons, you know. And so right. it's been interesting to watch it go the other way that church plants uh, don't have deacons at least right away. I mean, they they're aware of it. I think their idea is that they're gonna they're gonna eventually do that, but. So they're trying to even get deacons, even though they may have have done a good job of the pastoral leadership side. So, but the design of God, we're both convinced, we want to put on the table, is that there are qualified pastors and qualified deacons that are working together and understand their role. And so we want to talk about how that works, but I just want to say, as those who are listening to this, who are not all at, at all in that design of your church and you're thinking, yeah, there's no way this is ever going to happen. I walked into a disaster, and by God's grace, inside of eight years, we had functional pastors, functional deacons who understood their role. And as somebody who inherited a mess, and it wasn't functioning that way at all, uh, that's why I speak so passionately about this, is because the church was such a wonderful place to be and watch God work and see pastors and deacons working together when they were not working together mm. the way he had designed for. Now I know Jim, it's different for you because you, you know, you obviously planted your church, you set it up the way you you wanted. You've been able to experience the the way that pastors and deacons work together. I, I would say through most of your ministry, isn't that fair to say? It is. But but that's what we want to talk about. What does this look like? Because it's worth striving for. It's worth fighting the hard battles for when the time comes to be able to do it. So Jim, talk a little bit about how your pastors and deacons work together in your context. And you can do that however you choose to. If you want to talk about a certain situation yeah. or things you deal with, how would you describe yeah, it? Yeah, I think, I think we've we've had sometimes we've done it very well, and, and a few times due to some neglect of my own, it, it, it hadn't worked quite as well. And so here, here's what we strive to do. So we, we, we have at least once a month, the elders and deacons meet together. Deacons usually meet, uh, have some type of a meeting week by week where they'll go through, they collect the finances of the church and, and sign off on, on, on that paper. So we have four deacons. And I guess maybe we should back up and say something. We've used this expression, deacons, over and over again, just as we believe that there should be a plurality and, 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 to, and to a large degree parity among the um, elders, there's also that among the deacons. You may, and just as we, we did a recent podcast on first among equals, there may be a chairman of the deacons yeah. who kind of right. you know, has some functional yeah. leadership among the group. But what would happen is, is you know, so our job as pastors is soul care. It's, it's the care of the you know the the flock and we want to know what's going on we want to pray for the flock we want to minister to the flock bring the word to the flock the deacons are taking care of things uh both functionally and the in the facilities that we've been given we've been given very nice facilities they're taking care of the expenditures of mercy ministry um uh when things happen that we are aware of uh that we may become aware of and a pastoral visit that somebody's in need will contact the deacons 
or sometimes the deacons are somebody has come to the deacons and they have a need and they recognize the deacons again these are men full of the spirit and wisdom will recognize this is a pastoral issue as well as a diaconos this is not just a functional or a financial issue or a benevolence issue there's a spiritual issue here that the elders need to be made aware of so we get together and we will have a discussion of those matters. So the deacons will inform the elders on, okay, this is this is what the giving's been. You know, for instance, we'll do a quick budgetary, uh, and then maybe we'll inform us of some of the practical issues so that we'll know what's going on. There may be a parking lot issue, for instance, that we're going through right now, or something needs to be updated or fixed, or, um, you know, we even had, we have, you know, in working together, we had a situation where we did some building improvements that came from the eldership and then that the deacons carried out and that was to make the building more functional for fellowship so there was there was a spiritual desire that there be a place where people could gather together in a very comfortable setting uh have a lunch together meet at the building and uh like a living we'll call it the living room that's what i call it uh the little it, fel- a fellowship it looks yeah. like a living room yeah, it looks it's like nice a, man yeah it's it a really nice is. it's a, and it's, it's nice a, so you know, but I wasn't going to build that. I wasn't going to, you know, contact the contractors and whatnot. We had we had men qualified uh, and capable to do that. But again, those are things that we worked together on. And so that's really the issue is that we inform each other to help each other, recognizing that in our own particular roles, so that in in, in by the word and by spiritual counsel and by taking care of people physically, we are doing our job to take care of the church uh, in this way to ensure that the you know if, if there's a widow in need or if there is a um, we have we have a, a homebound person with a lot of physical needs. And it's a very difficult situation, but you know we're working on that together. So are there issues that I'll take care of, or the elders will take care of, but there are other issues that the deacons are going to take. And we're each together working so that that person is holistically, yeah. you can use that expression, uh, taken care of. So, yeah. th- so we meet together, we pray together, we try to inform each other of things. Uh, that's our formal meeting. There would be informal uh, discussions as well. And I do think it's important, again, that there be some way in which we as elders express to our deacons that we highly esteem that this is, that though it's subservient, and I think this is important, it is subservient to the eldership. And and, and part of this, this is, I think Acts 6 was not only making sure that the church was taken care of, it was also making sure that the pastors were able to do what the pastors are called to do. Yeah. And, and and so there is a there is a uh, a body centric view, but there's also a pastoral view that deacons have that we want to make sure our pastors are taken care of, because again they they know and they highly esteem what a pastor does. And again, that can sound arrogant, but you know don't mean it that way, obviously at all. But a deacon says you know so that for instance, if um, you know over the years. The elders have been happy to lend a hand and help out with things. And we, a few years ago, I remember there was some flooding that came into the building. Two of the pastors were there. The deacons were there. We started to take care. You know, we got out the buckets and mops. You know, yep. we were we're taking care of that. But if the deacons heard about it, they would say, "No, you guys. You know, it's Saturday. You got to finish up your sermons. Let us take care of this. Yeah. We don't want to view that." 
this work is not beneath us, just as taking care of the widows was not beneath the, 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 the apostles, but it got to the point where they were neglecting the word and they weren't functionally helping as well as they could because they were overwhelmed. They needed somebody to help out with that. And so part of the way that elders and deacons function together is that the deacon takes care of the pastor so that the pastor is freed up to do his work. That's a great That's a great description. That, that's very helpful, too. I, I think captures well what my experiences have been with this also. There's two things I want to highlight, One, and, and both of them you touched on. One is, I think, in a healthy church that deacons and pastors, there is a mutual dependence on each other. Right. They know their role, and they know their role, and they play it, and they support the other one to do the roles that they're called to do. I think that's really important. Where this goes bad is when there's territorialism among the pastors and the deacons. And the second thing I wanted to mention is that you touched on. There is, you know, we get nervous talking about authority, but, you know, there is embedded in those New Testament texts, I'm convinced. There is. That there's authority given to the pastors. 1 Peter 5 says, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Right. Acts 20 there, there's an implication of authority there and in, in, in having oversight over the church and leading the church in that way. And so I just want, we need to make that distinction because we're talking about how pastors and deacons function together. That's one of the big understandings. That's one of the things that I watch in really unhealthy churches that they have to maybe flip the script on. A lot of times the deacons have the authority and the the one solo pastor in a Baptist church answers to the deacons. Yeah. And a lot of times that's happened because actually this could be a separate podcast, but pastors come and go so much yeah. in a leadership vacuum in an authority right. vacuum. Somebody has got to take the authority and that's, and then the deacons, this is what's ironic in an unhealthy church deacons take it upon their role to protect the church from the pastor. Yeah. And that, that I know that could be a separate conversation. I'm not going to yeah, get into that, but and, I just want to acknowledge right. that's what happens when this goes badly. So what you have articulated, I think, is really helpful. But you have to see that the authority does lie with the pastors. And what I experienced is when a—so we, we met separately as pastors and deacons. But what we, we had a chairman of the deacons, and he was the one that would come and connect with the pastors and meet with the pastors— and we would be able to relate. So in, in a similar way, you guys met together as pastors and deacons. You know, Typically, the chairman would come with us, and then we would be able to share with him what we're talking about doing, what we need them to do and serve, and yeah. then they would take it and run with it and serve in those in those different capacities. But yeah, there's there's got to be some form of communication between the pastors and the deacons and the support that, that comes from the work that each one of them are, are doing in particular. Another thing we need to highlight, though, Jim, is that you and I have been in churches where deacons work together as a body and work with the pastors. There's got to be an acknowledgement that there's a there's an entirely different way, and I think an appropriate way, to see deacons function in a lot of local churches. And that is that deacons are appointed for a specific task. So this is the deacon of finance. This is the deacon of widow care. This is the deacon of mm. you know this the build this the building whatever right, it is right 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 because we're talking about one side of it. I do want to at least acknowledge that I still think the principle is the same in that yeah. this deacon's leading this area but is under the instruction and care and leadership of the pastors in this in a similar way. But those are the two typical ways that pastors and deacons work together. Either the deacons are one body and they're all functioning together working with the pastors or 
deacons are given a specific task and that one deacon is working with the pastors right. on that particular task. I don't yeah. think there's one right way or not, but I, I do want to acknowledge that those are the two main ways that that takes place. And I think, Brian, another thing I think is very important about how we function together is that, so brother pastor, this is this is to pastors preeminently. So pastor, you you need to understand what the role and function of a deacon is. And then yes. you have to be able to instruct these, and so that when somebody comes on, let's say a John Smith comes and 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 they're going to be uh, made a, a deacon, that, and maybe we'd even talk. Well, how does how do you even go about selecting deacons? So real quickly, one of the things we do once a year is that we have a ballot at our at an annual business meeting, where the congregation will give to us if if, if they have prayerly prayerfully considered those among us who are who are qualified and they believe they see functioning as an elder or deacon. And if we begin to see a name or, and we also do this, we ask the deacons, are, are there any, we did this last night. Is there anybody in the congregation that you believe, because we think we could use another deacon. Is there another, is there somebody in the congregation you believe could be? Now, if that person is and does become, you know, begins to be considered and we put them before the congregation for prayer and evaluation, uh, and then eventually congregational approval, but there's also leadership approval in that, that we ought not just to assume that they just know automatically understand what a deacon is. Right, right. That it would require of us, and I've not always succeeded in doing this, of sitting down with them, maybe giving them literature. And Brian, I know one of the books I have found helpful is Alexander Strauch's book, Deacons, Ministers of Mercy. I believe there's a Nine Marks book on deacons. Yeah, it's on deacons. And, and yeah. do you know who wrote that? I can't. Um, uh, Matt Smithers. I have to say his last name correctly. I can't remember. Um, yeah, but it's hopefully deacons he's book. not listening. Yeah, right. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, I butchered your last name. So. <laughs> uh, Smithers, my, I believe, is how you say okay. his last name. But yeah, Matt. Um, Matt's pastoring now, but that is an excellent book in the nine. It's in the Nine Marks, yeah, and it's a smaller book. It's called so Deacons. It, it could be a, a which, easier to digest. By, by the way, Jeremy Rennie's book in the Nine Marks series on elders. Those two books are really helpful to read on both of these topics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I think, again, you have a duty to instruct the congregation every once in a while. This is what this is. You remind the people this is what deacons do, what deacons are. Uh, this is what your elders are called to do so that the congregation is instructed. Brian, you mentioned that you preached at an installation service yesterday and how somebody came and after decades in a church and said they've never heard a sermon yeah. Yeah, on how a church... And its elders function together, and so again, there is there is a great degree of it, it's just it's ignorance. It's not stupidity. It's just ignorance because uh, there hasn't been teaching on it, and we can make assumptions. And we, and we know so somebody comes in to the diaconate, and to your point, Brian, maybe they need to have a role assigned. Look, you're going to be the guy in charge of this, so that he understands and knows. So the deacons can help him come to his role, but the elders also. Providing that literature, having some discussion, having some sermons to listen to that they understand, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. This is These are the things that should be on my radar. Yeah. We have to, as pastors, do that to help them to function well. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up too because that was that was really interesting experience. And honestly, it wasn't surprising, but it, it, but it still broke my heart. when So a, a woman, she came up. After I preached an installation service yesterday of a pastor friend who became the new senior pastor of this church, she said, I'm 50 years old. I've never heard a sermon on the pastor's relationship with the congregation. And I preached Hebrews 13, 17, uh, one verse, just the pastor's responsibility of caring for souls and the congregation's responsibility to follow the pastor. And 
she said she's 50 and been a Christian most of her life. She said she's never heard yeah. anybody talk about that. So that needs to be emphasized as well. Don't don't assume your church understands pastors and deacons and the roles and don't they play. Under, and don't assume the deacon understands what a deacon is. But, That's you know, right. They, yeah. they know the office is there. They have a vague idea, but maybe, again, they've, they've never had the passages open to them. There are materials out there that we can use that are helpful tools right. for ourselves, yep. for our own instruction, if we're cloudy about this. Uh, and what theirs is as well. And, I, and Brian, I want to mention this before we close, is that I do think that there, I do believe that the elders ought to make use of the deacons in regard to matters of casuistry. Uh, if you're wrestling with an issue, you're thinking about presenting an issue to the congregation, uh, or there's a decision that needs to be made. I know in your case, Brian, you mentioned earlier, maybe that the elders had more of a hand in the finances but, you know, and if you said, all right, well, you, you need to take that to your deacons. I, I think that that ought to be a matter of whether, again, you have a, you have a, a chairman of the deacons, or you have a, you know, somebody that you have some liaison, or whether all of you get together and say, you know, the elders have been discussing this. Your men, again, you're trustworthy men, you're godly men. The congregation has recognized you as meeting these qualifications in 1 Timothy 3, which is, a, a, you know, it's a high standard of godliness, yeah. not just competence, but godliness. And I think that's, again, an important thing to, to, to bring out, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, reverent people, godly people, good husbands, good fathers, you know, all of this stuff that comes out there, not just somebody who knows their way around a dollar, knows, knows contractors, knows how to do building stuff. But take advantage of that so that you have uh, um, a sample, as it were, from the congregation. And then also, you know, I would mention this, you know, that you, you may be also pulling out certain men and women in the church and say, hey, we're, we've had this discussion. I did this yesterday. Well, I had the culmination of it yesterday with the Sunday school I taught, but there was some... Not so much a policy change, but we're going to be doing something a little different than we'd done it before. I wanted, you know, so elders and I have been discussing it for a lengthy period of time. I brought it up to the deacons <coughs> so that, you know, they wouldn't be floored or surprised when we did it. I mentioned it to various godly people in the church for weeks leading up to so that, you know, they knew this was coming and then presented it to the whole congregation yeah. in the Sunday school yesterday. Yeah. But I just think that that's a helpful way, again, to utilize. I had a period, Brian, for four years I was the only pastor of the church. Blessedly, I've had, I've had a plurality for 28 of the 32 years I've been here. Yeah. But for four years I didn't, and I had two deacons. And uh, so I, I had pastors I would call regularly, but I also I had breakfast with these two deacons not once a week, every two weeks. And, and they, they were concerned about me. They wanted to make sure I didn't wilt under the pressures on me. And they wanted to be, you know, the trustworthy men that could be a bit, you know, I could share things with appropriate, you know, to say, this is where I'm, I'm wrestling, but you know, they would, they would be a help and prayer support for me as good godly men. So these are take advantage of the blessing that they are to you and to the congregation. Yeah, that's good. Uh, final thing I want to say, I just want to share an example of something that happened in our church that really was a snapshot for me of the epitome of we we finally did this. Uh, and again, remember, I inherited a mess. A church that certainly was not functioning in this way. This is about 10 years in. We had a work day at our church, which, you know, a big, old, beautiful building. But right. a couple times a year, we'd ask the whole church to come on a Saturday morning 
let's do a bunch of projects around the church, knock it all out together as a yeah. church. That was one of these days. And so the the way this worked is the deacons oversaw that whole work day. And what would happen is people would come to the church and in the basement, in the fellowship hall, there was a whiteboard that the deacons had put together. Here are the five projects today. And they had a deacon who was in charge of each one of the projects and was at that location in the building working all day. And as people came from the church to come and serve, there was a deacon there who would be delegating, sending people to those different projects. So a deacon would be overseeing each one of those projects. The deacons oversaw that whole work day. And I was at the church that day, but I was behind on my sermon. So I actually sat and worked on my sermon at the church while the workday was taking place. But I didn't want to just work on my... I mean, I wanted to also wanted to be with the people, and I wanted to actually do my part. So I would work on my sermon, and then I would take breaks and jump in, you know, painting this wall or helping move this stuff or whatever. I would go around and, and say hey to people and, and just greet them and say thank you for being here. And, yeah. and then I'd go back to my office and keep working on my sermon. And then I'd take mm. another break. And this went on all day, and it hit me in that moment. It's like... This is what we're talking about, mm. you know. I, I, these, you know, the deacons are leading in the service of the church in these projects that the they're equipping the whole church to be able to be a part of yeah. this and do it. And I'm able to focus on where I want to, where what I need to do. It's prayer ministry of the word, preaching the next day to everybody. But and yet, I was still drawn to want to help and want to serve, mm. even though I couldn't be that do that as my primary thing that mm. day. That really was a snapshot to me of this is the design, and it was, yeah. and to bring this full circle, that was really a happy moment for me to see the, the body working all together like that, seeing mm. deacons and pastors working together in those ways. It was just really sweet, and it was it was a picture of this is what it looks like for a, a church to thrive when these two offices know how to lead in their particular areas and how they support the other. Last thing I'll say on this is if pastors. Praise your deacons publicly in the church. Mm. Uh, for the church, it, you got to teach on this. We've already hit on that, but but just praise the, them to the church. Let the church know what they're doing, who they are. That's part of I think having the authority and the oversight over yeah. all this is let the church know your deacons are being faithful, and it'll just in a sense platform what is a very behind the scenes servant role in the church. Any final word from you? Yeah, that's my that's that's what I would bring out, and because in doing that, you really are biblically exalting the the whole idea of servanthood and and you know that uh in the practical world in which we live servants are are viewed they they are held in they 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 are invisible and held in such low esteem yeah. uh and in the kingdom the the son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many and deacons show that and showcase that in a very in a very wonderful way. As elders, we're very often up front, and and if somebody's doing a celebration of the life of the church, they're going to say something about the lead pastor or the, you know whatever the case may be. And I, I've been the recipient of that, but none of this happens without your deacons uh, taking care of so many things that make your life easy and happy in the life of the church. Again, that's the ideal that we yeah. would work together, not not as not an animosity, but joyfully together. Again, hopefully these are these are people in your church that you love and that as you work together there's a camaraderie, a mutual joy as you serve the body together. My deacons are excellent. I love them. We're friends. 
Uh, you know, one of the problems we have sometimes that we have too too good a time in our elders deacons meeting. I think what happens when people walk by and hear us at times busting a gut laughing about something. Well, they're taking this work seriously. Yeah, but that. we're also praying and, and, and doing other things. Sure. But, but again, there's a camaraderie and an enjoyment that we have. Which we're, is a big we're, deal. We're yeah. all friends. We all enjoy being with each other. And, and that's a great blessing. So the... I'm a big football guy, and one of the parts I love about when they interview the star quarterback after the after the game when he just you know, threw 400 yards and three touchdowns, the very first thing he says is, I want to thank my offensive line. Yeah. I love that because he's just mindful of, yeah, I get all the credit, but I can't exactly. do what I did at all without those guys. Exactly right. Pastors, I'd be on my back if not for Love them, and right. praise yeah. your deacons and encourage yep. them in Amen. that way. So we take a minute and pray for folks yeah, in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Father, we thank you for your love for the church. We thank you for that there are people that you have loved and saved and transformed and gifted. You've taken selfish people and made them selfless. You've taken those who want their own way and made them look out for the interest of others, and that's a sign of your grace. And Father, thank you for the competence in gifts that you give, the skill that you give to help people to make things function well, administrate well. Uh, fathers, in order that the life of the church may run together in a way or, or flow in a way that is that is uh, a joy to those who attend as well as honors your name. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen.